0: Up the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield! Uh, uh, Miss Fine!
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Oh, Mr. Sheffield, a podcast about The Nanny, which was a TV show from the 90s, starring Fran Drescher. I am Sean Pasquale here with... Toria Sheffield. That's right, and we are here to discuss Season 4, Episode 14, The Fifth Wheel, written by... Uh, Frank Lombardi, directed by Dorothy Lyman. And this is the little one that you might remember where Fran becomes a fifth wheel to (laughs) Val and Cece, who are now really just raking it in with the men.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and it's the one where she's really still trying to lean into not needing a man.
1: There's a Mr. Show sketch called Third Wheeled Legend, which is one of my favorite sketches. And it's just about this like – couple on a cruise who is like having this nice romantic cruise and they're like talking all like intimately and they're like, you know, in their like room on the cruise ship and then the camera pulls back and like the dude's best friend is also sitting there <laughs> and, and he all of a sudden pulls out like a little guitar and he's, and he just starts going legend, legend the third wheel legend. <laughs> it's, ah! it's one of my favorite bits. I'll put a link to it in the show notes for this episode. Because it's truly, like, one of my favorite bits, and it's all I could think about this whole episode. So. <laughs> I gotta see it. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta really see
0: good. it. Because now that I'm finally watching Better Call Saul, after years of not watching it, I think I'm becoming even more interested in going back to Mr. Show. Oh,
1: you gotta go back to Mr. Show. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to have a whole new appreciation. Yeah. A whole new preach. But...
1: So let's talk about this one. This was a, this wasn't my favorite episode. It felt Um, a little flat overall. I didn't have a ton of like um, one-liners. There wasn't like any real strong, like uh, uh, physical comedy. Well,
0: I think to me, this is starting to feel like they just keep hitting the same note again and again. And, maybe it would feel different if we were watching this like, you know, a week apart. And then, you know, some weeks with reruns, so we didn't get a new one and it it wouldn't feel so repetitive, but I'm like, okay, we got it. Fran and Mr. Sheffield are in this weird place where they clearly care about each other, but they're not going to date. And I'm, I'm literally like, can't we just have like a Brighton episode or a, a Gracie episode or focus on something weird with yeah. like, you know, CeCe's mom comes to town. We've met CeCe's dad. Now let's meet CeCe's mom. Like,
1: Dude, it, isn't it? It's so interesting to me how this show in, in this fourth season really swerves hard into just focusing on the will they, won't they, and kind of abandons all B-plot characters. It's so weird. I don't really get it. I don't get why they didn't, like, dance, like you're saying, dance a little more with, like, family drama or give the kids a problem this week and have Fran get caught up and trying to spectacularly, you know, fix it after she ruins it in, like, a hilarious way. Well,
0: I guess, you know, I think even Peter Mark Jacobson said this when he was on the podcast, or I've definitely read it, that there was just a lot of pressure from the network to make it about the romance. And they And maybe they had seen through ratings that, like, you know – episodes that are heavy on the like, well, they won't, they get better ratings and they can yeah. like, you know, and all of that.
1: Let's break down this episode, right? Yes.
0: Okay. So we start off with Fran at Sylvia's and Sylvia's eating butter with a spoon without <laughs> the bread. She says it's her new diet, which made me laugh. Um, she, she's like, it's my new diet, you know, ice cream without the cone, cheesecake without the crust. <laughs> um, and then- um, it turns out Fran is home to like go through her whole old diaries because she says that her therapist is trying to, quote, get to the bottom, oh, get to the root of the problems that plague me. Right. <laughs> Which, of course, you know, means, okay, start, start in your childhood, start in your formative years. And, um, he al- she also tells Sylvia specifically, yeah, you know, he's telling me all kinds of things. He's saying I should start leaving the house without makeup. I should start telling people my real age. And, you know, Sylvia is, of course, horrified. But the premise of this intro is to establish that A, Fran is still in therapy and we are continuing with this continuity of she is trying to, like, to redirect her energies and stop obsessing about
1: Marriage. Marriage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which, like, isn't a bad thing necessarily. Like, you know, I think all of the advice that she was given by the therapist is probably solid advice for someone this, like, this dependent on, like, being happy, you know, like, tying their identity to, like, being married or being in a relationship. And, like, it's good advice, but it seems to be falling on deaf ears. Like it doesn't really seem like Fran gets it. She's just like going through the motions. Um, I mean,
0: it's clear in this episode that everybody involved is using therapy in a super toxic way. Fran's therapy is not being used in a in a way that instructively. Any- no, it's so awful. But so so that sets it up. We then come back to the mansion, and I I loved this gag. Um, basically um, Niles and Fran are talking in the living room and see it's like kind of like end of the day and Cece comes in and she's like in a really great mood and she's like well I have to get going I have a date with a fabulous man I met online (laughs) and then she's like we go by screen names his is Porsche puppy right as she says that (laughs) Brighton is coming down the stairs and he
1: wearing a Porsche jacket (laughs) yeah oh my god
0: and he look he just looks at her and he goes you're good at plenty and the look of horror on his face (laughs) was so funny (laughs)
1: yeah
0: (laughs) he just runs off so clearly Cece and uh Cece and Brayden had been having an online romance without knowing it and I also wrote hey maybe you know how last week I did a fanfic deep dive and I said I saw a Cece Brighten, like
1: yeah maybe what, that's what that was this that yeah. I was like oh
0: my god maybe there was actually
1: like yeah. inspiration for it but also gross because like she even in that scene she's like he's got quite a mouth for a 15 year old and i was like Ugh. i know it's super gross <laughs> gross super it's awful. he's a little boy he's not even 16 yet that is so gross okay.
0: yeah but i will say this back in the day when the internet was a new thing and there was chat rooms holy cow did tweet the like 12 year olds get into chat rooms and it was like They they would pretend to be older. And it was like your first, it it was like a safe way to do something very scary. And only got, and the funny thing is, I think probably it was a lot of 12 year olds talking to each other, (laughs) thinking (laughs) that one of them (laughs)
1: was an adult.
0: Um, But so we then, um, oh, oh, so we're still, you know, basically Cece has just realized that her date is a total bust and Fran takes pity on her and invites her to go out with her and Val that night. Um, so we then cut to them at a like cigar lounge. They're all smoking cigarettes and they're kind of just like lamenting, you know, that men are smoking, they're
1: smoking giant cigars. Yes. Val and Fran can't hang. They're like coughing. and (laughs) They're coughing. Cece honestly looks badass. Like she looks like at home. Cece
0: is such a pro. And yeah. did you notice the, the detail of even like the the drinks that are in front of them? Because they've clearly all finished a dr- their drinks. Val and Cece have what looked, sorry, Val and Fran uh, uh, have what looked like, you know, Long Island ice, iced teas or something like that. And meanwhile, Cece has an empty martini glass. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I really love that attention to detail that they were like, yeah, what would each of these three women be drinking here? Um,
1: yeah, they're, they're. They're not as classy as CC.
0: No. <laughs> so. and, um, and they're just kind of like, you know, again, like lamenting being single, like men are good for nothing. And then there was a pretty bold BJ joke <laughs> that actually took me a, a, like a beat too long to get <laughs> because basically they're all smoking their cigarettes and CC goes, look at those men watching us smoke. It's not very feminine. I wonder why it turns them on so much. At which point, all three of them put these three giant cigars in their mouths and start, like, puffing on them.
1: Yeah, they, like, wrap their lips around yeah. these big, thick, long cigars. And they, like, just puff on them for a second. And, and yes, it was a blowjob uh, joke.
0: Um, I, I was like, whoa. But so, uh, and then a, a kind of nice, geeky-looking guy comes over and asks to buy Val a drink. Um, And, and nothing else really happens in that. It's just, except, you know, establishing that someone is interested in Val and she kind of like leaves their little crew. But again, it it was just really refreshing to see like the three of them hanging. And I, I do just, I think it is so funny that as much as Cece has always like, claim she hated Fran and Val, that she's too good for them, that, like, when push comes to shove...
1: She's the same.
0: Yeah, like, they're, they're, they're... the She's eventually going to have no one else but them because she doesn't have any real friends and... She's super sad and pathetic.
1: There was a good delivery in this scene where Cece says to Fran, You're a lot smarter than you look, Nanny Fine. And Fran goes, Well, I should have hoped so. I, I literally have that in my favorite lines.
0: <laughs> it looks like, super, so she's super unironic. So she goes, Well, I should hope so.
1: <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was perfect delivery. It like, made me laugh
0: so hard. Yeah. yeah. Me too.
1: That was maybe my, that was like my big highlight. Um, um, then we come and- back to the mansion mm-hmm. and. Uh, this is Niles is like lamenting that he misses CC because there's like no one to insult. And like, yeah. as he's saying that Gracie like comes over to him and says something and he like gives her like a classic CC jab and she just like walks out dejected and he's like, see, it's not the same.
0: Yes, Yeah. See, like he's super cruel to, to Gracie just, just to be cruel to someone. And he's like, it doesn't work on her. But, um, so this, but the thing is, so basically, in this scene at the mansion, we're in Mister Sheffield's office, and um, we we establish that yes, Niles is almost blaming Mister Sheffield for the fact that Cece is no longer hanging around the mansion anymore because he's basically like. Well, now Miss Fine's in therapy and she's, you know, celebrating being single, which means now she's spending more time with Miss Babcock. And Miss Babcock is the only thing that, like, gives my day any meaning, which is, you know, inching us closer and closer to yes, Niles is saying this in a like, well, I love torturing her, but, but also, also I it's love like, her. Mm, yeah. But yeah. he's super not aware of it yet. But I think we, I wonder, like, really what the collective audience, not knowing what we know now in hindsight, that of course they ultimately get together, if, if they knew, that this was actually a romance um, thing or if they just truly thought like, oh no, Niles just truly I misses mean, his like toy that he gets to to be horrible to. I, you
1: know, I, I would probably assume that, like I I, I can, it doesn't feel to me like they're, like yes, we know where it ends up, but like n- based on the text in this scene, it doesn't yet feel like to me there's any real hint that like he's, attracted to her in that way it so like I don't know I don't know that I I don't know that audiences at the at the time would have been like uh oh these two have something going on because like nothing has changed from how the relationship has always been
0: yeah I agree I agree with that and then I was also gonna say that the another sort of like to me at least like bombshell in this scene is so you know Niall says that and Mr Sheffield's response is, Oh, Niles, like, stop it. Like, this, this is the best thing for Miss Fine. So we should support her. You know, she, she, this means she's not going to be obsessing about getting a man anymore and she's not going to be getting her poor heart broken. And then I think he, I don't know, actually, it might have been a later scene, but he basically like insinuates that this means like she'll be around the mansion and have to be near him more. Yes. And I'm just, I actually think maybe that specific detail comes out a little later in the episode, but I was just like, that is, so evil that is so evil to be like i'm gonna put her in therapy and then i bet this therapist is gonna tell her that she should stop dating men and then she's not gonna be dating men and she's I- i'm still gonna be that like the main guy in her life like it's so it's so bad
1: it it, it is so bad
0: <laughs> it is it's so like i i think i have a note later i forget exactly how i phrased it but i was just like Oh my god.
1: So then we get so then we get a scene a little bit later.
0: Oh wait, no, we forget. This, Sylvia Sylvia comes in screaming. Oh,
1: right. Sylvia comes in. Right. Sylvia runs in screaming at Mr. Sheffield that he's ruined everything and why is he sending Fran to therapy? And it's it's ruining her dreams for Fran getting married and having kids. And she heavily insinuates he should be marrying her. Mm-hmm. Um and then uh, and then we get CeCe and Fran again.
0: So they're about to – they're getting go, ready to go, go out. To go
1: out again. Like, you know, they're having another girls' night. Yeah. And um,
0: – And they're waiting for Val to show up. And Cece's um, yeah. like, Susie's like, what do you think of this outfit? Like, too much? Um, and she's wearing this, like, brown leather jacket. And Fran just goes, well, personally, I have a problem with tall blonde Aryans and leather jackets. And <laughs> <laughs> – um, And Fran's wearing the cutest holiday ensemble, by the way. Yeah, she looks adorable. Pinstriped red and white suit. But like the the pants are shorts. Um, I love that look. Val rings the doorbell and they think it's because she's going to like join them on the girls night. But she actually only is stopping by to say that she has a date with that guy from the other night. And she runs off. And then she goes, this is super random. So then Fran and Val, uh, sorry, Fran and Cece are like, well, I guess it's just us. The doorbell rings again. This is so weird. So freaking random. This character we have never met before named Chandler walks in and he's like a guy, sort of like a silver fox, really well-dressed, really debonair. And she's like, Chandler, what are you doing here? And he's like, I just needed to uh, personally deliver some paperwork from our latest deal. Like, it's just like super vague, like some businessman. And then she's like, oh, okay. And then he goes, oh. I can't lie. I just wanted to look at your beautiful face one more time. And he's like, Oh, what the hell? Will you go out with me tonight? And she's like, see a Fran and like runs out. <laughs> and so that just very, very quickly whittles everyone down. And now Fran is left alone in her singledom. Yes. Yes. Um, which is setting her up to become the fifth wheel.
1: Yeah. Titular, the titular fifth, fifth wheel. wheel, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and then in the next scene, um, now Fran is in the kitchen with Niles and they're lamenting – they're both lamenting that uh, Val and Cece have men um, because, you know, Fran's upset because she's the only single one and Niles is still upset that, you know, Cece's not around as much. Yeah. And then Fran's like, well, you know, they, they are both going out on a double date tonight and they invited me to come along, but I didn't really want to, you know, impose. And she's like, oh, what the heck? I'll go and I'll order the lobster. So she walks out, you know, kind of with this renewed sense of like, you know what? No, I'm still gonna own this. Like, I'm still gonna, you know, express my independence. And this isn't a this isn't a death sentence. Like, this is gonna be great. She leaves. And then Mr. Sheffield comes in, and this was like such a cruel beat. Because I we also haven't mentioned that Mr. Sheffield and Niles have been at each other's throat this episode. Like they're they are peak old honeymoon or married couple right now. Like there's one scene where um when Fran's talking to Niles, <laughs> Mr. Sheffield comes in and he's like, oh, I'm just looking for something I misplaced. And they're like, oh, what is it? And they're both sitting on the couch, like, just gossiping. And he goes, it's my large, gray, overstuffed butler. And then he, like, grabs something out of Niles's hand that he had clearly asked for, like, an hour ago. Um, but anyway, so in this scene, Mr. Sheffield comes in and asks where Fran is. And Niles is like, oh, yeah, she just left. And Mr. Sheffield goes... Oh, that's a shame. I had just made dinner reservations for just the two of us to cheer her up. And then he's like, "Well, Niles, what are you up to tonight?" And Niles like, "This <laughs> like he actually like, broke my heart." He Like
1: perks up and he's like, uh, "Nothing, why, sir?" And he goes, "He goes, oh, good. You can cancel my dinner reservation and make me a sandwich." And is yeah. like
0: mm. <laughs> actually, and it's even funnier because he says taco, but taco with the British accent is taco. Taco. So <laughs> he goes, "Cancel my reservations and make me a taco." <laughs> and walks out. It was heartbreaking, but also very funny. <laughs> so Mr. Shawfield is so freaking worse. It's the worst.
1: Yes. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple mm, Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you.
0: Um, We then cut to the actual double date that Fran joins. Yeah. This is like, um, you know, at the end of the day, it still is a very funny scene with some physical comedy because basically Fran finds the four of them sitting in a booth. You know, she literally tries to scoot in. At one point, there's so little room for her that she gets, like, tossed back out onto the floor. <laughs> and they, like, help her up. And then yeah. they, they, they seat her in the middle of each couple, thinking maybe that's, like, a better place for her. And... Um, they basically just start, oh, and it's just such a disaster. Like now that she's like squarely in the middle of two super handsy, you know, affectionate couples, her hair catches fire. Cause it's too close to a candle. And it's like to add insult to injury. She initially thinks this man across the room is like looking at her in a flirtatious way. And they're like, Miss Fine, he's coming over to you. And then he's just to say, ma'am, I think your hair is on fire. <laughs> um, and then literally Val and Cece start making out with their dates so aggressively that Fran is getting pushed further and further like into her seat to the point where now her face is at like is a level with the spaghetti in front of her so she just literally starts to eat it without hands and I just go she's being a very good sport considering how crazy everyone else is being with their dates right now like like, they're so was
1: silly. <laughs> it's but so silly.
0: I will say, though, this was a highlight joke for me where um, Val's like, Miss Babcock, this is so fun. Why don't we do this kind of thing more often? And Cece's like, I don't know. And then Cece holds up her drink and she goes, salute. And then, val salutes her
1: <laughs> this is the dumbest thing but i genuinely liked <laughs> it
0: and, and then cc's like oh yeah this is why because <laughs> val's so stupid <laughs> um also i don't know if anyone else anyone else noticed uh fran had an awesome sparkly purse shaped like a lips
1: she did she <laughs> yes, did
0: it was on the table in front of her yep. it, it was like it was almost like the second generation of that um heart-shaped purse that I was really into. Yeah. This is just... It's like I thought two, of you. <laughs> yeah. It's like two pouty lips. And then oh, it was actually kind of an endearing scene because then like we cut to later after dinner, everyone's sort of having dessert and coffee and they start to hear music and the men are like, we should go dance. And, you know, so Cece and her date jump up to go dancing. And then Val's like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to leave my friend Fran here. And Fran's like, no, go, go. And, you know, it's fine. And so the other couples leave to dance. And then Fran's like, you know what? No, I'm going to dance with myself. You know, I'm not going to let this, you know, limit me. I'm not going to not have a good time just because I'm here on my own. So Fran literally gets out onto the dance floor and she's really, really trying her best. She's like being cheerful and she's dancing on her own. And then like the second she really starts to get into it, the music changes to a slow song. And then to her credit, she still doesn't give up. She starts just like, you know, gently swaying to the music with her eyes closed, like <laughs> trying to like almost have a romantic moment with herself. But she ends up just sort of latching herself onto this other couple that's dancing because she's so clearly like starved for human contact. And then they kind of look at her like, uh, and she's like, oh, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. But then the man's like, we're staying at the Hilton on Beverly. And then the woman winks at her and it's like, oh, she literally accidentally... Uh, cozy up to a swinger couple, which was a funny little
1: piece. It was funny. Can I also just point out, that a little further back, with when they start kissing at the table, when everyone starts making out at the table, who makes out like that in a restaurant? Like, at one point, <laughs> Cece's date is full on on all fours on top of her at the table, and it is so fucking weird. It was so aggressive. and like So aggressive.
0: My, so it was so aggressive that my actual thought process was, you know, it must be really weird for actors when there's, like, just, like, a random, you know, guest star. or Not even a guest star, but just, like, a bit part where you have to make out with someone. Because, like, CC and Val clearly probably only know those men for, like, two hours before they yeah. had to, like. Yeah, like, I
1: mean, maybe a week of rehearsal, like, yeah. at most, you know. But it, it is very weird that they're like, hey, here's a new person. We hired him. You're going to have to hardcore make out with him now. Yeah. Um, Um, But all right. Yeah. So she flirts with a swinger couple, and that is very awkward. By accident. Funny. Yeah.
0: Well, I loved this scene back at the mansion with Niles Brighton and Mr. Sheffield. Yes.
1: And as Mr. Sheffield and Niles are sort of lamenting their problems, they're like, (laughs) uh <laughs> distractedly playing gin with Brighton who just keeps <laughs> dealing cards waiting 2 seconds and then going gin and without questioning his hand they're just like okay <laughs> to the point where like clearly he's cheat like he's not really playing and just taking advantage of how distracted they are and then like they're like all right we're done playing and he's like i got to go to bed here's how much you guys owe me and he just walks out I
0: of the mean, room i mean the thing is i always say this of the three kids like they have a little star in Brighton. I think he's yeah. so underutilized. Even the look on his face, while he would be, like, dealing and hoping that they didn't notice what he was about to do was, like, comedically sophisticated, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. he's he, he's always doing
1: something. He does like, good scene work. He, like, yeah. gets what he's supposed to be doing in a scene. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, it's like we started out the episode saying it's a shame they don't use that more for 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 different kinds of plots.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, And then... Um. After Brighton robs them blind, um, <laughs> he goes up to bed, and this oh, this was actually the scene when Mister Sheffield, you know. Not to use a card metaphor, but sort of shows his hand and is base- basically confesses outright to putting Fran in therapy so she'd end up spending more time alone at home with him. And I go, Oh, I go, that's straight up emotional abuse. <laughs> uh, that's like just so messed up. But so then, you know, Br- <laughs> Niles also leaves and goes to bed, and it's just Mr. Sheffield playing solitaire alone at the kitchen table, and Fran comes home. And at first she tries to play everything really cool because he's like, oh, how was your evening, you know, with Fran and Val – or uh, sorry, with uh, Val and Cece. And she's like, oh, it was so fun. It was so great. I had a wonderful time. And then she just breaks down crying. And she's like, <laughs> it was awful. I didn't have any fun. Yeah. <laughs> I actually really felt for Fran because, like, even if you don't mind being single, that would have been a tough night. Yeah.
1: I mean, look I- – I agree. I, I i spent a lot of years single and like it's never fun, but like it's b- a million times worse when like everyone is paired up in front of your face and you're consistently, like constantly reminded throughout the night how alone you actually are. Like, so yeah, I felt for her in this scene. It didn't feel like, um, sometimes she has like these Lucy moments where she's like sad over something. You're like, this is not that sad, but this one genuinely felt like, yeah, it sucks, man. It's, it sucks to be reminded of how like lonely you are. Well, um, and I th- and then I th- Mr. Sheffield does like a really sweet thing in this scene though. I really, I, I thought this was the, the, the most heartfelt scene in the whole episode, you know?
0: You mean the part where he's, spec- well, there's two things that happen. One, one was, I was a little on the fence about, but the first is he's like, you know, he's like, he's like, Oh, miss fine. Like, you know, this, you remind me of me after Sarah died. Like, you know, I remember what it was like putting myself out there again. You know, I was just a man alone. And then he goes, just with my butler and chauffeur. (laughs) Um, And he's like, but you know, point being, I know how hard it is. And and he was, this is when I was on the fence. He's like, well, you know, why don't maybe we, we sort of support each other by, by being alone together. Um, And she's like, Alone together, and he's like, "Yes, you know." And, and in my head, I'm this is the thing though. I'm like, "Dude, stop stringing her along." Yes, like, like, oh, you're just you don't want her to be with any. Like, you don't want to commit to her, but you don't want her to be with anyone else. And that got yes. me upset.
1: Yeah, that's um, fair.
0: And then, but you know, then she's like, "Okay," and she's like, what, "What game are you playing?" And he's like, uh "Solitaire," and she's like, "Oh." can I play? Which is already kind of funny. Cause it's, yes. it it's literally,
1: it's a game for one <laughs> yeah. person.
0: And he's like, well, okay. And then she's like, Oh, your problem is you got your king over here, but you got to move your queen and you got to put your queen on top of your king. And you know, everything's going to fall into place for you, which is clearly like a metaphor for like, you know, you're, you, we need to be together, even yes. though I don't think sh- she's not even saying it with that consciousness, but he's like, Oh, I, I didn't realize. And he like, puts the queen over to the king and then he's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, look. And then he starts literally, like the game really does fall into place and he starts placing cards sort of faster and faster and it's it's almost like a mini, less disgusting version of that ping pong scene. Yes, it getting, was. So, he's like, yes, oh, yes, yes, yes. And then
1: he's and then like, he's I like, finished so quickly. <laughs> yes, he,
0: you know, he goes, look how, look how Qu- quickly I finished.
1: <laughs>
0: and, and then she's like, well, that's why you're playing solitaire. And then they both laugh and it sort of like ends on a freeze frame. Yeah. That's I, the episode. I, it's,
1: it's so funny. I had the opposite reaction. I thought it was really nice that he was like, look, let's just be alone together. Like I'll be alone with you in this. I'm not ready to commit yet, but like, there's no reason why we can't like go through it together. I thought that was sweet. And then I thought the solitaire bit was stupid because I was like, <laughs> I was like, why is he playing solitaire if he clearly has no idea how to play? Like, why did she have to be like, you have to put the queen over the king? It's like, yeah, that's how you play solitaire. Is she teaching him to play the game? What would have happened if she never came home? He would have been like, well, I'm stumped. (laughs) Um, And then we get a, a little last button. Uh, sure. Where we get to visit the therapist again, who you correctly previewed would be popping up in a couple more episodes going forward. Um, when we first met him, played by Spalding Gray, right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, and it's a silly scene, but it's basically the therapist is trying to hypnotize Fran's mom.
0: Yes. And, and he's, not being obsessed with Fran getting married.
1: Yeah. And then she like whispers in his ear, like, and tell her to move to Boca. And then he's like, and you want to move to Boca? And then he's like, okay, I'm going to snap my fingers. And he snaps his fingers and she sits up and she goes – I had the most wonderful dream that you moved to Boca to get married, Fran. And there's like a beat. And then he just goes, all right, this session's on me. <laughs> Which yeah. I, I, did really, I did really like that.
0: Yeah. Like, oh, this is such an object failure that I'm not even going to charge. <laughs> I can't
1: charge you for this. Good yeah. Conscience. <laughs> yeah.
0: And and that was the whole episode. Again, right? we're just really continuing to establish that the continuity of Fran is in therapy, trying not to obsess about marriage. And Mr. Sheffield and her are so completely hung up on each
1: other. I can't wait I can't wait to reevaluate the therapy arc when we get to the end of it and see how we feel about it. Like was it worth it? Did it work? Um cuz right now it's like I don't really know if if this is going to be a recurring thing. I don't know how much gas they have in the tank for for this.
0: Yeah, it also like it this whole plotline it also just gets me thinking about certain certain elements of therapy in general, which is I think like we definitely have a wave where people like are now going to therapy a lot more. And I think that's really, really good and healthy. But I also think because we're in such a sort of like self-awareness, you know, self-investigative area of life that sometimes we are overthinking things. And it's like, yeah may- maybe it's not that complicated <laughs> it's just you know you're actually living with uh, a guy who's gaslighting you <laughs> that's, <laughs> like that's what's happening and you're actually like a very fun uh vibrant person <laughs> yeah should we get into segments
1: segments <laughs> and now segments so segments yeah no I think we should move on to segments I to say we can move on to
0: our segments. And now segments. Segments, I uh,
1: was for you.
0: Okay, favorite lines and moments.
1: Oh well, I mean, like I said, there was not a ton for me. I did really, you know. We, we talked about the, you're a lot smarter than you look. I should hope so. It was amazing delivery. It's not even like the funniest joke. It's just her delivery was so perfect with like the way that she was like, well, I should unironically like, I hope I am yeah. <laughs> like self-owning and being like, yes, I look stupid, but I hope I'm smarter than that.
0: Uh, um, the
1: Aryan, it. you called out the blonde Aryans in tall blonde Aryans and leather jackets line, which I also noted as like a great line. And then there was one line we didn't mention that I liked, which which is when Niles and uh Mr. Sheffield are in the kitchen uh, uh while Fran's out to dinner um I forget what sets it up but Niles responds to something Mr. Sheffield said where he just goes I'm depressed about Miss Babcock and I've been in the brandy. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I, I just like the use of like I've been in the brandy is such <laughs> a funny way to phrase it like I'm a, drunk. It,
0: yes, it was a very like British sort of like I I also it was like a sort of like you know between my legs. <laughs> like, it was so
1: um, good.
0: I actually thought you were going to cite something different, which is it's, you know, another scene with uh, Niles and Mr. Sheffield where, um, you know, Mr. Sheffield says something like, you know, this is good that, you know, Miss Fine isn't going to just obsess with being with a man. And then Niles goes, but sir, you're a man, despite the way you dribble <laughs> a basketball and those bath <laughs> feeds you like so much. <laughs> It was so old. And then I also liked another line where Niles is talking to Fran about Sylvia and you know, you know, you know, Fran says something like, Oh yeah, you know, she was so shocked that she almost choked on her food. And then Niles goes, Well, maybe you should have told her when she wasn't eating and Fran goes, You try catching lightning in a bottle.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um so there were there was definitely I definitely like enjoyed some lines. You know, it's yeah, not like this is not like a bust of an episode, it's just, you no. know, Nothing, Not new nothing, yeah, nothing
1: new happened. Yeah, nothing new
0: happened. Yeah. Um, Yiddish, we got Nosh because when um Sylvia is reminded that Mr. Sheffield has millions of dollars, instead of she she goes in super hot headed, being like, you know, you're ruining my daughter, this and that, and then instantly gets diverted into like, have you ever considered opening a bagel Nosh location in Boca? I know a yep. couple who could help run it. <laughs> um, and to so Nosh is to like snack. You know, yeah. Some, it's usually like to mindlessly snack. Yes um my
1: mom would constantly be like i want a little nosh oh
0: god i love a nosh (laughs) i love a nosh in fact in fact right when we started recording i i knew that we like you know wanted to start recording but i want i so wished i had taken a little bit of some holiday cookie with me (laughs) with with my coffee you
1: must have so much leftover cookies
0: Oh my God. I it's,
1: it's. Toria had a holiday party and there was a lot of like cookies and sweets and treats. <sighs> and and as we were getting in the car to leave, I, I was like, man, we got to have more parties so we have leftovers. This was my exact words.
0: <laughs> the thing is, now I'm so stupid. I'm such an idiot. No, what I wish I had done is like ordered on Amazon some just like little to go boxes so that oh. people could kind of just take some cookies with them.
1: That's smart, actually. I know. Next hey, time. Yeah, guys, Next it's year. true.
0: Sometimes Sean and I pretend to be friends in real life for the show, yeah. <laughs> for the uh, for the optics. Yeah.
1: Just just for the optics, and so we have something to talk about on the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, no, 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 and then um,
1: what's your trivia this the- week? I'm so curious.
0: Okay, so I I ran out of time. I wanted to actually transcribe this cuz I uh but I'll just have to summarize. Basically, you guys will recall um a few episodes back we had a listener direct us to a podcast called Call Me Adam where the host Adam interviews Broadway stars um and people in entertainment. And there was an interview with Dorothy Alignment and at the time I said I, I was like, oh, it's this treasure trove of some really interesting information about her and about her work on The Nanny. And I kind of have been wanting to parcel it out, you know, little by little. Yeah. So I thought we would circle back. Um, And she tells the story of how she met and, like, how she knew Fran Drescher and Peter Mark Jacobson. And it was super, it was interesting. So basically, you know, Dorothy Lyman uh started in soaps. And then worked with Carol Burnett and then eventually, uh, or sorry, didn't work with Carol Burnett, uh, but worked on Mama's Family, which was, like, created by Carol Burnett. And when she was out in L.A. acting, you know, because Mama's Family ran throughout the 80s, she also opened this, like, uh, warehouse space in Hollywood where she would put on productions and she specifically wanted women to direct. So she she was kind of creating this opportunity for, like, women to get to be creative in a space that, like, you know, they are often very underrepresented and like, like especially directing. Um, and she, she said in order to fund those productions, she would use the space to teach acting classes during the week. And I think she like opened the theater in 1980. And then Fran Drescher, who, you know, around the mid you know the mid 80s was like a struggling actress in Hollywood and married to Peter she started taking classes there
1: Um, and
0: they became close like they, they really did become friends and that's why later Fran and Peter tapped Dorothy to to work on the nanny but the thing that was really interesting like the trivia part was at the time Fran and Peter owned a crouton business where they were baking, not frying croutons. And that wow. was like their thing. And they based, and Fran at the time was like, you know, if acting doesn't work out for me, I'm going to work in like the food industry and sort of like making things healthier, which just generally ties into sort of her later, you know, now she has cancer schmancer and she's very into like using ingredients and products that are, you know, not carcinogenic and that are better for your body. Yep. That, it's just kind of interesting that like, you know, now, now we look at everyone as like, well, your success was almost um, predetermined. But no, there was a time when Fran and Peter were literally baking croutons and that was their business. And I think that they ended up actually selling it to like a health food company or something at the
1: time. We, can you find out what kind of croutons those are? I want to I want to try them.
0: Yeah. I mean, who knows if they, if they still exist and you know, but um, I can go back to the podcast yes, and
1: see if they <laughs> mentioned like the name or Even, anything. She
0: did. She did mention the company that purchased them, so oh, I could I find the so parent curious. company, which might also might not exist. You know, this was thirty years ago now, more than thirty years ago. You think
1: if we ask nicely, Peter will um, give us the Peter will, uh, No, I, it's funny. I was gonna go further and say, do you think if we ask nicely, Peter will make us some? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my God! Peter, yeah, please but, make
1: us, if Peter, if you're listening to this episode, please make us some croutons. Oh
0: my God! Can you please. imagine if we had like I would never please. be happier to eat a salad. I would I would be Same. so happy. Please no, make I, us
1: croutons. It's you know my favorite what? part of every salad.
0: <laughs> I might actually reach out though and ask for the recipe, or, oh, or and fine. then and then we could we could post it to our listeners. But we'll see. I mean, you know, they
1: Okay. Uh, here's what I'll commit to. If we can get the actual recipe from actually them of how they did it, Mm -hmm. you and I should do a cooking video.
0: Oh my God. And then be like, but we don't eat salad. We'll just eat these at the end.
1: Yeah. And then we'll just eat. We'll just like have a big bag of croutons at That's the end.
0: So fun. I don't know. I just, fun. for some reason, like there's obviously other things were mentioned in this podcast, but that just really stuck stuck out yep. to me. Yep. Um. Okay. And so then the Fran or the Cece or the whoever, Yeah. Uh, who did you feel like you related to?
1: I mean, I felt, in, I mean, I think I, I related most to Fran in this episode, you know like i was saying i i was single for a really long time and i was i was i, I mean f- before i moved out to los angeles i lived in florida and i was living at one point i was living with a married couple who were like friends of mine who were like <laughs> you can like you know we have like an extra bedroom in our house like just rent out the room and I lived there and that was like the most third wheel. You know, they were like married and happy and I was just like miserable and sad. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I think I related to Fran the most in this episode. What about you?
0: That's interesting. So I actually said I related to more the Niles and the Mr. Sheffield side of things and not so much to Fran because mm. I have never minded being single when I was single. Um, like I'm, I think there's some people who they think about, wanting their other half when they're single. I do very well single. I like kind of like, it just isn't really on my radar. It could just be that I didn't grow up with my, you know, my my parents were divorced before I could even like remember, you know, life before that. So I think maybe I just wasn't, didn't grow up with models of a couple, but um, so. That's interesting. And and
1: my parents, although they got divorced even after their divorce stayed very close and best friends. So I think I was always like, you need a person, even if that person isn't married to you anymore. Like you need a person, you know, like someone.
0: You see, and I associate, like, I kind of, I I like to, I I do very well alone. And I, it's much harder for me to, to sort of become a unit. But when Uh I, the reason that I related to Mr. Shaviel Niles, when I do like someone, I have a lot of trouble expressing it and it takes up a lot of my mental real estate. Like I won't do anything about it. You know, I have like too afraid, too fear for all those things. But I will be like, you know, if someone will listen like up at night with the coffee and the, Mm. you know, donuts and being like, oh, like I wonder what they're doing right now. I can't believe they want a date with that person. I'm so jealous. but Like I would never actually like, you know, tell them my feelings.
1: That's interesting. (laughs) Wow.
0: We're so different, this, you and I.
1: This was a good one. This was this was like an, an actual good who's who's who. It wasn't like a gag one. I feel like we both <laughs> learned something. I liked it. Um, uh, and that was it. That was the episode of the of of of, of this episode. <laughs> that was the episode of this episode. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, which is
0: an episode about
1: that episode. <laughs> I'm excited uh, to get through the rest of this season because I you feel like we're probably going to spin wheels for the rest of this season um as far as like moving story ahead so I, i'm kind of excited to to get through the rest of these and see what season five you know brings us see if there's like a fresh reset um but you know i i i as you I really love doing this podcast and we couldn't and probably wouldn't do it if people weren't listening as much as they are and we're so responsive to us. So thank you as always for listening and communicating with us and sharing your thoughts on the episodes. And if you're new or if you don't haven't yet reached out, like please join the conversation. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Oh Mr. Chef pod. And we also have an email if you want to email us something, although nobody ever does, which is Oh, Mr. Sheffield podcast at gmail.com. And if you are enjoying the show and you haven't done so yet, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, and yeah, that's it. Basically, that's it for us this week. We will be back with another new episode next time.
0: Uh, goodbye.
1: Bye.
0: The flashing Girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, Miss Fine.